Good morning and welcome to a brand new Taking Care of Business Live in the RPPFM studios. I'm Jackie Mitchell. Good you could join us today as we discuss the rise and rise of mobile marketing and how it is affecting your business with plenty of inside tips and entertaining advice from thought leaders. Today's trend-setting show is brought to you by our friends at EView Real Estate. Today I have my special co-host, the Mr. Wolf of Marketing Communications and Global CEO of Trinity P3, Darren Woolley. Good morning. Good morning, Jackie. I better put my phone on silent, huh? Yeah, yeah, well, I don't know. We're talking about mobile marketing today, but it's probably a good idea. Now, the weather today is wild and woolly, and I couldn't help but think it was related to you, but and you've had some problems with this weather. Oh, look, um, yes. The uh, First, my car's <laughs> broken down, and I'll talk about a bit about that later because there's some big insights for business on that. And uh, then I had to hire a car. More insights on mobile marketing. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I've made it. So. You've made it. Really good to have you here. Thank you. I know you've come down especially from Sydney to do today's show, and we do appreciate it. It's going to be a very exciting show today talking about mobile marketing. But before we do that, I just want to touch on, I went to a very interesting business summit this week in Melbourne and it was put on by the Australian Financial Review and it was their inaugural business summit. Uh, It was very much focused on big business and it was about risk takers and growth makers was the theme of the summit. Uh, And it was interesting. I I must declare I was a guest of the Australian Financial Review, but I'm certainly not going to be biased in my my review of it. Uh, But what I found most interesting is that in my day-to-day life, my normal business life and doing the radio and media work, I do come across a large cross-section of business people from the micro small business owners right up to big corporates. And I find it most fascinating when I look for common threads or common themes of what's happening in business. Because uh, as I've said for the last, I suppose, 12 months, that business is going through unprecedented change at the moment. And my top tip for um, 2015 and the prediction for 2016 is about change and how as humans we're dealing with the change and there's always that uh, big or big discussion at the moment about how millennials and gen y uh, are dealing with Gen Xs and baby boomers and there's the gap of communication and understanding and those sort of things. But I just wanted to um, just give a bit of a rundown, I suppose, of the highlights or the key messages that I took out from from it. And there's one theme that is consistent around, around all business and it's about ideas, ex- the exchange of ideas. Uh, and it was, as I said, it was very big business focused. But they were talking about at boardroom level, it needs to change their thinking. But one of the biggest problems with big business is its lack of flexibility to respond to consumer needs. And we can touch on that today when we talk about mobile marketing and how slow they are to responding because the consumer's needs and wants are changing so fast. Look, it's really interesting, Jackie, because the board so often is about compliance. And so many board members that I talk to say the whole meeting is taken up with compliance. They allow innovation and ideas to be dealt with at an executive level. And I think that's because of the legislation that makes board members so responsible for the compliance to the legislation, to the ASIC legislation, to the shareholders, um, that they become heavily risk adverse. And the fact is that you can't change unless you're willing to embrace and manage risk. 
Yes, and that, it's exactly what they were saying. They had Coca-Cola and West Farmers, BHP, were all saying the same things, that they are risk adverse. Uh, interesting, um, some other companies were saying, yes, look, we acknowledge that, and as a board, that's always a bit tricky to, to sort out. So what we're doing is we are looking at entrepreneurs, so smaller businesses, and buying them or buying their knowledge and bringing in these small businesses to input into the big businesses from an entrepreneurial and innovation perspective. But one of the other key messages which I found really interesting is skill up. And this is what I've been saying to you know anyone over 45 or 50 uh, is to skill up. Apparently, this was an interesting statistic: 44% of current current jobs in the marketplace now now will be disrupted. Well, we've seen that in manufacturing, we've seen that in in media. I think there's been a big lot of job losses at uh, Fairfax recently, and there's certain industries where we're seeing that happening. So I think it's important to look at your skill level now. And if you're struggling with digital, you need to do something about it. Absolutely. I mean, you know, so many people put up the shutters because they just go, it's too hard. I don't want to embrace this. But in fact, you know, just letting down your guard and reaching out and asking people, there's so many people that are there to help you and give you ideas and take your step step and it's actually quite easy once you get i mean my 80 year old father uses facebook so it can't be that hard no that's a good point the other thing with entrepreneurs and it's a it's a term thrown around a lot now uh is that this was a stat i found staggering at the moment at university so we've got the uh, millennials at university now one in five at uni will start a business Mm. that's incredible isn't it well, I think it's a trend that we've seen, you know, that people are increasingly not going into employment. They're going into starting their own thing. And this feeds in that to that millennial uh, desire of values, which is to have more control over their life, to not be the wage slave, to actually be seen and, and wanting to feel like they're creating value. And value is not for them just financial. Often what drives these company ideas is about improving life, not just making money. In fact, almost money comes after finding ways of improving people's lives and their experience of their life. Yeah, the the key message I took out of the two days was get comfortable with being uncomfortable. <laughs> and I think that's what particularly business owners, it's a mindset that they start to, to need to really you know seriously think about the other thing that I didn't like about it was the lack of marketing representation they touched on customer centric businesses and how successful business are when they focus on their customers and I'm thinking yeah and and yeah look and and this is the problem because they keep thinking brand is some esoteric thing and most people don't in business don't really think about the value of brand until you talk about goodwill yeah. You know, brand on a balance sheet is goodwill. And so that's what we need to do as marketers is start to talk to business and especially at the board level and the C-suite about the value of goodwill and also how that gives us insight into customers and puts us in the position to actually create and manage the customer experience. Well, marketing owns the customer. So they're talking about customers and without customers, you don't have a business. It's, a, right. it's a very simple equation in my head. So I do get a bit frustrated with that. Now, one of the key trends of marketing 
is this mobile, the rise and rise of mobile marketing. It's, it's quite interesting to see how it's growing. And we have a number of experts here today that's going to continue this discussion during our hour of power on taking care of business. And our first guest is the head of digital and social media from Densu Mitchell, no relation. I say Uncle Harold, but no, no relation. Marcus Betchell, welcome to Taking Care of Business. Thanks very much for having me. Good to have you here. Now, Head of Digital and Social Media, what actually do you do in your job? Um, turn up and get paid and look at my mobile. No, I'm just joking, not really. But I do laugh when you say there's a number of experts because there's been many times, especially working in social in the last few years, where you might be asked to speak at a conference or just present to a board and you're always introduced as an expert. And I get nervous just because the rate of change within digital and social is so fast that often I open up by saying, look, you know, my knowledge might be surpassed by the time we finish this meeting because something might have been released in that I don't know about because you've been taking up my time. But no, look, that's what, <laughs> but what I do on a, what I do on a day to day basis is uh, work with a really great team of people who uh, definitely write strategies on both digital and social uh, integration, uh, so that we can advise businesses on how do you keep up with the rate of change, how do you leverage what you're spending already in market and make it more effective. I mean, the reach of digital and social channels and the ability to segment audiences and, and reach particular individuals is amazing. And obviously that's going to add to efficiencies and, and, and help you write even more finite strategies. So it's, it's interesting work. It's constantly challenging and yeah, constantly evolving. It is. You must just have a naturally curious mind, do you? Um, I like to think so. My wife thinks I do when I wake her up at 3am with the light of my phone going, because sometimes when I wake up, I can't go back to sleep unless I write it all down. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think that some of the things you're talking about are all the things that interest me. I mean, it is evolving and it's amazing to see the way that big business wants to take on entrepreneurs and, and use those things. I mean, yeah, it's fascinating. Marcus, uh, this week in the in Dallas is South by Southwest and I've been following from a distance. It yeah. seems that over there it's uh, still wearable uh, apps or mm-hmm. uh, wearable um, tech. Uh, tech. Um, and uh, virtual reality seems to be big this year. But uh, not as much discussion, it seems, about the primary uh, point of contact with technology, which is the mobile phone. Yeah, look, I mean, I've been lucky enough to go to South by a couple of times and we sent across a team this year because I think it's one of those things you want to be connected to as a, as a business that's dealing in digital and social technology. And, and what I have noticed from attending is there's a difference in what falls out of it when you're following versus what the conversation is there. Um, there's been a lot that I've seen about robotics as well. Um, and, and there's a lot of entrepreneurs, they're trying to pitch their new ideas. And those are the people who are talking. I have found the entrepreneurs who are pitching new businesses that are far more connected to usability and utility in everyday life versus what makes the headlines about what's coming next. Generally, when they're talking in those headlines, they're talking about something massive like robotics in the next five to seven years. But the people on the ground are definitely pitching things like how do we make your mobile more usable? How do we take the utility of mobile and make your everyday life easier? That's a great theme in the States in general. How do we make your life easier? (laughs) Now, you work with a lot of large uh, companies Yes. clients of Dentsu Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I've always found is when we talk about mobile to uh, marketers and advertisers, that they're sitting there often playing on their phone, yet they are a bit surprised that we've raised mobile as a potential channel. What's your experience? Yeah, look, I think... The way I'd reflect on that is I agree because sometimes people, it seems like such a no-brainer that why do I need to apply my brain to it? Of course, we need to use mobile. But we do see, I think, in our 
in our um, country a bit of a disconnect between what is available and possible on mobile and what we're actually delivering. Um, not to keep going back to the States, but you do see a lot less of a disruption between the two. They understand that to keep pace, they need to be accessing you through mobile because you're on it every day. And w- I would say when you hear a business talking about what's our mobile strategy, that means to me, and I hope you're not, you know, offending anyone by saying this, but oh, please, they've already, then you will like me. I, um, I think they've already missed the boat because it needs to be part of their DNA already. It needs to be part of their holistic, um, strategy. It shouldn't have a separate one because. I don't have this separate to me more than five minutes in a day, so I don't need a separate strategy for it. I've got two here. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I just saw two mobiles. <laughs> that's on the exactly. Couch. Marcus, can you stick around? Because this is a conversation uh, we'd like to explore a bit further. Sure, not a problem. Wonderful. I'd love to. You're listening to Taking Care of Business here on RPPFM. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Jackie Mitchell on RPPFM, Taking Care of Business. Here at Bendigo Community Bank Branches... We support local footy. Local teams. And all our community champions. Bendigo Bank and RPPFM, bringing local footy to the community. Watch our live telecast on RPPFM. It's live and it's local. Drop into your nearest Bendigo Community Bank branch or visit bendigobank.com.au. A station sponsor. We have a new import. He's special, well hopped, and can go a lot longer than you lot. Hop culture. Pale, lager, brown, IPA. Look after him, okay? I'd just like to thank the teacher, Harry Smith, my mum. Mornington Peninsula Brewery love football as much as they love making world-class beer. That's why they're the sponsors of local footy. This season, treat yourself to a round of beer and a pizza at the brewery bar. Mornington Peninsula Brewery, 72 Watt Road, Mornington. Station sponsor. More and more people with a taste for quality are shopping at Eliza Meats. Kevin and his lean team pride themselves on the finest cuts. From juicy steaks and roasts to high-grade mince and sausages, and Eliza Meats are the gourmet specialists. Inquire about Eliza Meats Spithire for 9787-4473 for a mouth-watering meal fit for a king. It's all at Eliza Meats. See our sponsor Kevin at Eliza Meats, 112B Mount Eliza Way, a station sponsor. Hello, it's me. The old one. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to me to go over everything. They say the time's supposed to heal you, but I ain't done much healing. Hello. Hello, Evan Ravensdale from Census. You are General Manager of Digital. Welcome to Taking Care of Business. Oh, hi, Jackie. Thanks for having me on the show. Good to have you on the program. Now, I thought a good place to start is that Census uh, has gone through a big transformation over the last 10 or so years. And for our listeners, just to be clear, that you used to be uh, part of Yellow and White Pages. Tell us a little bit about what you used to be and what you're doing now. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, so Census has a proud history uh, with its brands of, of yellow and white pages, and I think Australians have a fantastic connection with those. But part of our transformation, um, you know, in a digital context um, for our business has been very much about well, what are the digital capabilities that our customers need and, 
and what then do we need to do to give them those capabilities? And uh, what's been really kind of exciting for Census over the last five years is really bringing out a set of great products um, to help small to medium businesses in Australia get on this journey. So things like websites uh, for small business, SEO strategies for small business, and even um, transitioning our core products like the Yellow Pages uh, online websites, White Pages websites, into things that work fantastically uh, across online and, and now in today's world, you know, mobile devices as well. So, Evan, it's Darren Woolley. Um, I'm... I've had some personal experience with uh, Census, and I'm just wondering. I know you work from with very small micro businesses right through to very large. What would be the checklist that you'd put forward for them as far as their digital and mobile presence? Um, yeah, great question, and I think one that a lot of small businesses um, are asking themselves these days. Uh, so the first thing is to make sure that you're listed in uh, all the major directories. So. That could include yellow pages, white pages, true local. Um, that's really, really important that you have a great presence uh, across the web in those places because millions of people go looking looking there for businesses. The other thing is obviously social has been a really big change uh, for consumers and businesses also need to get into that space. So definitely setting up. I would I would recommend a Facebook page as a, as a minimum because that's where you know the majority of Australian consumers go for their social media. Uh, but other things like Instagram or, or Twitter are also valuable in that world. Uh, so that would be step two. And then step three is probably digging into things like uh, what are the industry-based uh, directories. So if I was a cafe, I'd probably want to list, list in broadsheet or urban list, places like that where people are looking for specific industry information. And the fourth thing, uh, which is probably one of the most imperative, is to have a great website and uh, a website that works uh, not just across uh, desktop computers but tablets and mobile phones is, is more and more critical today. Evan, when you're dealing with uh, small to medium-sized businesses, what are some of the common roadblocks that you're finding? Um, I was just chatting with a colleague before and, uh, you know, from one of our reports, what we find is that, you know, a very small number of, of particularly small to medium businesses don't have a digital business strategy. Uh, and that's really, I guess, a bit of a challenge for, for small business in Australia. You know, these are the kinds of people that are out there actually trying to get on with doing their job and running their business. Uh, and sometimes this, this new digital marketing capabilities are just, they're, they're additional things on top. But we know that only 17% of SMBs have that digital business strategy. And that, that's probably, I think, the biggest hurdle. The second thing that happens is once you commit to it and say, yeah, I've got a digital business strategy is learning about things like how do I get a, a mobile-optimised website? What do I do in social media? What what am I talking to my consumers about? And how does that become a conversation, not just sort of a one-way um, advertise my business anymore? Hmm. Evan, you mentioned uh, websites. I'm just wondering, why do you think so many business-to-consumer or even retail uh, businesses do not have a responsive mobile-ready site? Uh, well, I think it's been um, it's been a change that's happened really only over the last uh, the last few years. If I think about the Yellow Pages website, uh, it used to be predominantly desktop, and in the last probably three or four years, we've seen that shift to mobile. So, I think a lot of small businesses are just a little bit behind in that shift. We now have you know more than half of our traffic 
coming from a mobile device. And I think it's really important then that as, as businesses think about, you know, what is what is it that they want to um, communicate to their customers that they get those things really right in that mobile context. Um, because, you know, in Australia there are more mobile phones than there are people, and that's kind of the first point where you go, oh, hang on a second, that's a lot of mobile yeah. phones. <laughs> Um, but we also know that, uh, you know, 78% of Australians use their mobile phone to research products, uh, but only 35% of small businesses have that mobile optimised website. And Evan, because one of the great things about mobile is geolocation, isn't it? So we, it's one of the areas that Australian business seems to be particularly slow at. Yeah, and, and but I, think I think they're getting there. Um, we know that uh, from some Google information that was published that, you know, 30% of consumers uh, will buy in a store after viewing their, their location information on, on the web. And for Yellow Pages in particular, 70% of the searches people perform are at that postcode or surrounding postcode level. So it's really, really critical uh, in your mobile strategy that you dial up the location information, your, your opening hours, your address, what products you carry, uh, and make sure that, that they can be interacted with. So if you have a phone number, mobile phones will enable you to just click on it, so it's important that you set it up the right way. Evan, it's interesting that statistic that you said about only 35% of small businesses have or businesses have a, a mobile-enabled website, and we know that in April last year Google changed their alg- algorithm uh, that they would actually uh, punish, I suppose, uh, websites that aren't mobile-enabled, and we're talking about how many people are using their mobile now. So people are looking for websites on their mobile phone. So 35% is a shockingly low number. What's census doing uh, strategically to try and overcome that? Yeah, so um, look, just, just quickly on that point as well, the, the encouraging part of it is that uh, another 28% of small businesses are planning to optimise their websites this year. So that that in itself is, is a very encouraging, oh, that's encouraging sign that yeah. the small business in Australia is is, uh, is changing its views, and you're 100% right. When Google made that change, uh, I think a lot of people got caught out. Census has invested uh, quite heavily in having a very solid website platform, uh, and it, it's kind of best of breed. And so uh, with our website business, uh, you know, our platform caters to all the different capabilities. For example, when you scroll and you zoom and you pinch and, and all of the things that you do on a mobile phone, um, our website caters to that. Um, we've also looked really carefully in at the SEO implications, and so we use best practice SEO on all of our websites as well, uh, both the ones we build for our customers, but we have a really great focus on how our directories perform in, in a search environment as well, so that when you list with yellow and, and white and um, true local, that you'll be found uh, either through your website or through our website uh, when people are performing searches on, on you know, places like Google and Bing. Yeah, that's great. Evan, how many staff does Census have that work in the digital space? Oh, there's hundreds, hundreds mm. of people. We've, uh, you know, we have a, a staff of, I think, over two 2,000 people in the business, uh, and I would, I would say the lion's share of those people uh, are focused on our digital products and making sure, one, that we're building the best products for our customers and that, uh, that they're all world-class in their capabilities. And then we have a large sales force that's also out there supporting small to medium business in Australia and making sure that we're first and foremost educating um, people about the things they need to do with their businesses and their digital marketing, 
uh, and then helping them achieve those goals. Yes, our other guest here today, Marcus Betchell, who's Head of Digital and Social Media at Densu Mitchell, he was saying that uh, it's really hard to keep up to date. How do you keep up to date or how do you keep your staff up to date? Because it's changing, everything's changing so fast. Yeah, so, I mean, for our staff, uh, we have a bunch of internal capabilities. So staff can do e-learning about particular particular technologies uh, that for our own products and we, we can roll that out. Um, daily if we, if we want to. Um, we send a lot of people off to conferences uh, and we're involved in, in the digital media industry events so that, um, again, we're, our people are staying across all of those things uh, and really working with a great set of partners uh, to help us make sure that our products are the, are the best in breed. But I agree, it's, it's a very complex and fast-paced moving world uh, and it's a challenge that I think all businesses, both, both large and small space, yeah, I suppose that leads to it's a good piece of advice for any small to medium-sized business or even a large business to seek some expert advice in this in this area. Absolutely. I think, you know, like I was saying before, the number of people that have to, their, their business strategy from a digital perspective is, is not thought through yet. Um, and, it, and it's difficult, right? So definitely reaching out to peers in industry and going to Chamber of Commerce type events and, and talking to businesses like Census, uh, because we do have a significant amount of information. We publish a lot of content that is free to read, uh, kind of like a knowledge base for SMEs. We've got lots of videos, because you know what? Sometimes reading an article can be quite boring, but yeah. watching some of our people talk about um, the things that are happening in the digital world uh, is another great way to consume that information. So if, if a small business is listening and wants to look at those videos, Evan, where would they find them? Yeah, just pop on our website at census.com.au and you can find all of the great uh, knowledge-based data that we've got there for the videos and the articles and you can also browse through and have a look at the different products that we offer and, and the benefits that that will bring to, to our customers. That's wonderful. Evan Ra- Ravensdale, thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks very much for having me. You're listening to Taking Care of Business exclusively here on RPPFM and stay tuned because we've got a lot more mobile marketing discussion coming up right after this break. You're listening to Jackie Mitchell on RPPFM, taking care of business. We are talking about mobile marketing, which uh, a phone is more, a, it has so many more functions today than just what a phone used to be. You used to just be able to call people on it, but you can do so much more on it now, but it's something that's become an extension of our, our person. Everyone, you know, male and female, all pretty much have a mobile phone on their, on their person. And we have here my special co-host today, Darren Woolley, who's come down specifically from Sydney. And also our special guest, Marcus Betchell, who's head of digital and social media with Densu Mitchell, but no relation. But I just like saying Mitchell. And it's funny, Darren Woolley, <laughs> because the entrance to Ottawa PFM is opposite Mitchell Street. So when there I say people say where, and it's bizarre. It's all, so it's obviously I'm meant to be here. But speaking about the mobile phone, you had, you came down from Sydney yesterday and you had a bit of a, a some car issues and then you went straight to your mobile phone thinking it's going to help me in an emergency and then what happened well jackie my phone is always attached to me yeah so yeah. you reach your phone and i want to find the nearest volkswagen dealer so i went into google and i typed volkswagen dealer nearest to me assuming the, you were driving a volkswagen not just because you wanted no, to. yeah okay. i drive a volkswagen <laughs> and 
the the Google search came up with some of the dealers, but not all of them. So you can't just assume that because you're listed on Google or you have a website that you're going to come up on their search. So I knew that there was one closer. So I went to the Volkswagen corporate site, which is not set up for mobile. It's actually set up for desktop. So you can imagine looking at a big ah, desktop yeah, website yeah. on a little phone yeah. and you're trying to make the screen bigger so that I could type in my postcode. Now, I wasn't at home. I was in a location in Melbourne and I didn't know the postcode. So how was I going to put in my postcode to be able to search for my nearest dealer on the Volkswagen corporate website? When you are in transit. When you're in transit, when you're away from mm. home. Now, the other thing is my mobile phone knows exactly where I am. It's got a GPS system. It knows where I am. My carrier knows where I am. And any website I'm accessing can access that information and know exactly where I am. Hey, I've, I've got a really good idea. Why don't we ask Marcus <laughs> how to solve the problem? If I could solve that problem simply for everyone, then I probably wouldn't be here. I'd be in a really rich white house. Uh, look, I think that the big statement for me is I think obviously what we're pinpointing here is a lot of businesses and, and people in general are missing the trick because they failed to identify that, that with a mobile, the utility is you're on the go, you're on the move. And so what should be served there is what is relevant because I would even think to say it wasn't a problem with your car, but like me, you wanted to search out the nearest Nando's. I can't be typing while I'm driving. I would never break the law no. in such a way but but how can we not be served content that is geo-targeted and um, that geolocation information people will start to get more and more used to that through apps because obviously like when you download an app you get asked very often can you share the location can you share information and so we're seeing more of that through apps but we're not seeing websites keep up with that where they're starting to drive it through i mean obviously from my perspective the, the simple answer is as part of your strategy or, or looking at things what is the prioritization of information that people are looking at but I spent, let's say, $50,000 buying this car, mm. and yet I go to, say, Coles or Woolworths, and their websites are mobile responsive. They mm. you know, know I'm on a mobile, and, they, and it says to me when I'm searching for my nearest Coles store, it says, can we use your location? I go, okay, and it shows me a range and how far and how long it will take me. Why are some companies getting this right and others are getting it so wrong? What's stopping them? Stupidity. Laziness. <laughs> but yeah. also depending on the vertical. I mean, I would, FMCG moves quicker towards finding ways to monetize things than you probably sometimes see. I mean, I read an article recently saying that the, the automotive industry has only really started to come to grips with the fact that a majority of their, their profits are now coming through servicing and servicing products. And, and when they really grab onto that, they'll understand that directing you quickly through to a service at your local place is actually a way they can quickly monetize and not wait for that big payoff day of a brand new car. So I think it, it will happen, but you're going to start to see it like dominoes happen with verticals that attach that much quicker. Like we all know that everyone, has got a mobile, well, nearly everyone, but we've all got Some a Some have person. got two. <laughs> yeah, well, Marcus certainly has two. <laughs> and what I found interesting was that uh, when Google did change that algorithm, they really did lift the game for how important mobile is because there were some really interesting statistics. So those listening who are still not convinced, let me give you these stats to, to be convinced about 
Since 2001, 40% of our, we have a less attention span. So our attention span, sorry, has lessened 40% in the last 15 years. And that has been because of using social media and video. So our brains uh, are filtering and we're not our attention span. We can't listen and look at things for too long now because we're retraining our brain. It's a bit like how we used to remember telephone numbers and we don't do that anymore. So we're using different parts of our brain and, and it's it's a habit. The more we use it, the better we get. The less we use it, the more we lose there. But 35% of businesses not having a mobile-enabled website is affecting customers finding your business. There's no question about that. Mm. What are some of the roadblocks or barriers stopping these businesses getting their website mobile-enabled? I think the cost uh, of developing a mobile optimised site is much higher here than perhaps some other countries. It is surprising when you consider really mobile should be one of our absolute number one focuses as a country because our broadband network is, I don't even think we're in the top 20 in terms of speed or reliability and anyone who's been at home watching Netflix and said I've got a HD television but it's going a bit blurry mm. um, will attest to the fact that our broadband just isn't up to where other countries are but Wi-Fi and, and, and using our phones is fantastic so why aren't we oh, focusing on that? as a business Um, and and so it should be a focus but our cost Mm. of development and our cost of doing business and and trading those things is is much higher than it is in other countries so that's a bit of a roadblock but look you know as we were hearing on the phone earlier that that some businesses just haven't really considered it and I do think they're missing a trick especially for small to medium business every business is looking for a way to differentiate themselves but even more so locally and they can do that if they catch on to mobile. So, Marcus, I had a, uh, a small business person. They had a local business. Mm. And when I was asking them about why they're not online in any shape or form, they said, well, I only need to appeal to my local customers because the early days of online marketing was all about how any business can be global. How can a localized business use online to get more business Mm. look it's a very shortly i would say you know we heard on the phone earlier that get a facebook page that's a great thing to do the challenge with that is that now organic reach is at only two percent which means you could all be my friends in the room but only two percent of you are going to hear any message i post as a business but the, uh, the great thing is when you pay maybe to advertise through these channels, you can now do that in a very localised level. You could do things like pin drop targeting, which just yeah. gives a radius of not only the people that live within that area, but to your point, as you drive into it, you might get served messaging that's relevant for the local fish and chip store. And when you do digital advertising, it is highly, highly efficient. It's not the same as taking out a large print ad, for example. You can make it geo-targeted and make it localised. So that's one way that you could approach Interesting too at this conference they were talking about millennials as I mentioned earlier but how to appeal to them and then how to train them and gamification is a vehicle that that a lot of businesses now are using for training. Do you get into that space as well, Marcus? Yeah, my brain goes to all kinds of things as well because any parent that will be listening, and I have three kids, would know that they are on iPads and iPhones and and Android phones of parents, and that's a different way of reaching the entire family through mobile as well. And um, and that can be through gamification. It could be games turned into ads, all kinds of things. I mean, we're starting to see massive um, ad spend globally I'm not just talking about our our local region, but globally spent on gaming 
it has become a massive contributor to advertising revenue because of how much how widespread gamification is and how committed hardcore fans really are. Have you heard of the Mo- Mobile World Cong- Congress? Yes. What is it? It's a um, it's the global meeting of mobile developers. Actually, they, it's wow. people that are developing not only the operating systems but also the applications and the technology to support them. I think it's, it's uh, it moves around, or is it primary? I think I've only heard of it in the US. Right. Yes, I've only heard of it. I only found it as in prep for today, and I thought well, that's interesting that it's now becoming so such a big deal. Marcus, what's your view on Nokia and BlackBerry and how they they basically stuffed up their business? And uh, have you got a view? Because <laughs> they really owned the mobile phone, or Nokia did, didn't they? Yeah, it's really funny because um, I was thinking about coming in today and I was remembering all the phones that I'd been through in my life. And I've definitely had a BlackBerry and I loved it. But it just didn't keep up in terms of when we're talking, thinking five years in advance, what is possible? They kind of just kept just incrementally improving their own product and staying within that thought process, I guess, of the way it was being used rather than, I mean, I guess when the first iPhone came out, it sort of changed people's mind about what is possible and that, you know, it's almost like a mini computer in your hands. It wasn't the same with the BlackBerry or Nokia and they didn't really evolve with what with the marketplace and see where it was going. Yeah, it's it's an interesting it's another case study to talk about. But the first smartphone was 2008. That's only 8 mm. years ago. Look, and technology It's not is, that long ago, is it? No, it's not, but it's incredible how quickly it's yes. evolved because you know, we're getting a new iteration of the iPhone every sort of 12 to 18 months. Mm. We're getting updates in the operating systems to yeah. allow more and more. They're getting battery improvements so that you, get, you know, they can uh, drive the phone a lot longer between recharges. It's incredible because it's such a great communications platform and any great communications platform has to be a great marketing platform. But I think, you mean, you said before, what are the roadblocks? And I'm not trying to oversimplify, but I would say just get started. Just start somewhere. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but if I want to look up a local cafe and I notice they've got a a mobile optimized site, even if it just tells me the opening hours, the number to call them on and a PDF of a menu, that's all the information I needed from them. Yeah. I don't need it to be an in-depth exploration of the brand because generally, to my point earlier about utility, I'm on the go. What is my top priority? What's my top three things or top five things I wanted to know from a page? Put that on your mobile site. That is so spot on because the one thing I always want is opening hours. Mm. You know, if you're looking for a cafe or a shop or something, you want to know when they're open and yet most of them bury it. I mean, it is all about utility, isn't it? It is. I had a, I had someone recently say, can you join up to the newsletter for this cafe? And I just thought, well, you've missed a trick. Why would I want an EDM from a cafe? I'd rather punch myself in the face. What I want to know is when you're open and what do you serve. If your menu's changed, I'll look it up, but I don't need you to email me about it. Jackie, going back to gamification you mentioned before, I have to say um, Fitbit, Mm. which is the wearable technology. Yeah, which you've got on. Yeah, Yeah. and then that has an app for your phone, and they even have a set of scales and you can build a community of friends that you compete with each other on how much exercise you do. Now, it's amazing how just by getting that gamification going, it's created a whole ecosystem, uh, ecosystem a way of people actually interacting. And what better way, if you're a brand, to actually build people that are competing with each other around your brand and platform every day. So every day they're looking at your messaging. 
It's wonderful. Speaking of messaging, we need to listen to some now. We hope you're enjoying eavesdropping on our interesting conversation. You're on Taking Care of Business here on RPPFM. You know, I love RPPFM, particularly Taking Care of Business, because it makes my business awesome. We are talking, not in our sleep, but some people are talking in their sleep when they keep their mobile phones beside their bed. We are talking about the rise and rise of mobile marketing with my special co-host, Darren Woolley, and our expert guest, Market Marcus Betchell, the head of digital and social media at Densu Mitchell. Are you talking your sleep? You said you wake up in the middle of the night and use your phone. Out. What do you use it to take notes? Uh, sometimes if I have ideas, I put notes down. Sometimes I want to know sports scores or sports that are happening overnight. Sometimes I like to check the news. It's not, it's not healthy, I know. It's not supposed to be safe. I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time on that, but there's the, um, you know, the, Things, things that come out of your mobile phone that are not supposed to be next to your head or something. The evidence, the research evidence is yeah. having a phone by your bed disrupts your sleep because the bright screen before you go yeah, to sleep actually makes, makes it harder to sleep. Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. So don't do it. <laughs> now, in as I said, in 2008 was the first smartphone and who would have thought, you know, eight years later, if someone said to me, you know what, we're going to be paying eight, $900 for a phone, you'd go, what? No way. So looking at the next sort of eight years, let's do five years time, Marcus, what are some predictions? Mm-hmm. I mean, Darren and I were talking earlier, I mean, we're already seeing it, but I guess we're going to start to see it here here in Australia in a more real way. But your phone is your wallet, really, and start to see e-commerce on mobile sites in a much more real way. I mean, in, in the States, you see a lot of retailers, whether it be Gap or those types that are really making it easy to purchase through mobile, but let alone the, the pay the pay wave like Square, uh, Android Pay, Apple Pay, and, uh, and others. Google Wallet. Yes. And, and and also, I think the Chinese have been unbelievable in yeah. this area because WeChat was a social network, like mm-hmm. uh, a combination of Facebook and uh, Messenger and things like that. Mm. But they put it on an e-commerce platform, and now all of their hundreds of millions of users can actually transact with each other and with businesses. I'm waiting for that to come to Australia. Yeah, yeah, we definitely will see it because everyone loves ways to monetize things, and that you know, contributes to both ease of life and, and positives for business. So I agree. It'll be interesting to see. You mentioned e-commerce. I think that's a real trend for mobile devices. Absolutely. You know, I've seen people actually swipe to get on the train. Yeah. You know, and so suddenly you don't have to worry about having a wallet and a phone. You just yeah. worry about your phone because everything is in that one item, that one thing. Yeah. I try to do as much as I can with my phone for that reason. I love it. <laughs> is the technology good enough that if you lose your phone that you don't lose everything? You know, there's technology that you can track your phone and there's um, LastPass is one of the password protection. There's a few things. Is, 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 that, is it good enough? As long as you back up your phone, I think. Okay, that's fine. a good tip. Back up. <laughs> yes. no, one, no one talks about backing up. Actually, a friend dropped their phone off the ferry in Sydney into the harbour and we're going, I never backed it up. Mm. Well, bad luck. Yeah. But um, the iPhone actually allows you to remotely lock and erase all the data on it. Yeah. You can do that remotely as long as it's turned on. So the Find My Phone application allows you to do that. So it's more secure than if you lose your wallet or your, your handbag and it's full of credit cards. I mean, that can take two or three days yeah. to actually 
get those closed down. I guess thinking about all the data that's saved and tracked, it brings me to my other thing about the crystal ball, which is the way that data is going to shape what we are served in terms of content, in terms of advertising. I think it's going to be phenomenal. I guess it opens up Pandora's box. Some people get nervous. I personally embrace it. This is my personality, but it is a bit big brotherish. but I certainly get presented some fascinating data points in my role and one of them is to see there's companies in Australia right now who are building individual um, uh, individual data points about each individual person in Australia and they're up to I think 15 million out of 25 million Australians that they know so much about us through our social data and they're able to serve you relevant um, information on on specials to holiday destinations because they know you holiday there and it's relevant to you. Specials on, I mean, you're starting to see it through Coles and Woolies. Here's the specials of the week because we know you buy Alan's snakes lollies so often. You want to yeah. know about that special. Yeah. We're going to start to get more and more of that information that makes it easier to transact but also easier to sift and make decisions because our attention span's so short. Because that's one of the issues is this fear of about privacy issues. Mm. But it's because no one's ever explained that if it's done in a way that you actually make my life easier mm-hmm. and more enjoyable, would I be willing to give you access to some of my private data? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, I think we're going to see things like that with government, with medical records, which make it easy to download for doctors when you might visit Queensland on a holiday and need to go to a doctor. We're going to start to see that type of stuff happen, and it's opt-in at this point in time. Um, but I think those are real positives, and people are going to have very different views on it. I personally think, great, I want that to be available. I know people get really worried about risk because any time something's hacked or any time like a, a telco has everyone's records that are available, um, everybody gets fearful about that because the media beats it up and i'm not saying it's great but look i think my dad has been out there so many times but nothing untowards happened to me yet. yeah <laughs> a, a channel that i think is underutilized in marketing is sms marketing if people get an sms so there was some stats i was reading i think 98 percent of people read an sms or mm mms uh where uh, email people only read 70 percent of their emails or something like that so is sms marketing underutilized darren woolley or Look, SMS marketing is terrific for existing customers. When you send SMSs to people that you have no relationship with, they feel a bit uh, invaded. Their privacy has been invaded because I don't want to get a message from someone I don't know. Mm. You know what it's like if someone dials your mobile phone and it's the wrong number, you feel a bit strange about it. But terrific for building customer interaction and customer loyalty. Yeah, Mm. that's a good tip. Do you do much with SMS marketing, Marcus? Not much. I think that I agree with that point. I think it needs to it's it's specialised, it needs to be for a certain purpose. It's not for anything, it's not for gaining new customers. I actually ironically don't get much SMS messaging sent to me, but got one at two AM this morning and I guess because I have my phone next to my bed it woke me up and I was so irritated. Um, but I I love it when I've received it for I, I get one from the library reminder that your book's due i love stuff like that because i'm like that's really helpful information yeah so i think it does it does help to to um, develop loyalty more than it does to get new customers that's wonderful now marcus just to finish off because we're running our time is it a parallel universe here it goes so fast (laughs) uh for a business owners listening Yes. So small to medium-sized businesses, which we have a large audience who listen to this program, what would be your number one tip of how to use mobile marketing to help them grow their business? Uh, I think it's just to get started and, and, and get a presence. If they have a website, 
then make sure that you can it can be easily used on mobile and think about those top three things that they want to say to a prospective customer. Because the desktop used to be used in office hours. So you go into your office, you use your, your, your big computer. So we call it a desktop computer. So your big computer screen, your big computer. And then at the end of the day, you turn it off and you go home and you don't think about it. What's happening with the mobile device? It's all hours. It's now competing with the television. It's competing with magazines and books. It's competing with Marcus's sleep patterns. <laughs> and <laughs> so, his wife's. And his wife's sleep patterns. But it's, it's, so it's taken on this whole, uh, it's almost like another person that's been, you know. Yeah, look, I think the thing that we need to think about mobile is people are on the on the move, so make their life easy. Mm. Don't try and sell to them, just make it easier for them to do business with you. Yeah, yeah that's a good way to finish. We'd like to thank our guest today, Marcus Betchell, Head of Digital and Social Media at Densu Mitchell. Thanks so much for coming into the studio and sharing this hour of power with us. That really great appreciate fun. it. Thanks it's for having good me. Fun. Darren Woolley, of course, a delight. I'm so glad you made it here. Good luck with your car. We look forward to seeing you next month. Also, I'd like to thank uh, from Census, Evan Ravensdale, who contributed to the program today. We hope you've picked up some good tips today and we look forward to your company. But in the meantime... Keep taking care of your business.